back to Viking Fuel. My name is Anthony, and as always, I'm broadcasting out of sunny San Diego. Uh, I know the last few episodes have been uh, interviews that I've done with people, but uh, for this week, I feel uh, it's a good time for me to go back to the episodes of me recording myself rather than uh, doing interviews, kind of get back to basics. And uh, I felt with uh, Thanksgiving coming up, it'd be a good time for me to uh, share a sizer recipe. Um, so the recipe that I'm going to be sharing with you guys is actually a modification of uh, the recipe that you would find on uh, page 69 of uh, Robert Ratcliffe's book, the uh, big book of meat recipes. Uh, I took a lot of the recipe that he had wrote, but I modified it uh, for my own personal liking. And uh, I feel that the modifications I've made have made it uh, a much more interesting recipe, at least in my opinion. Uh, so uh, the recipe will yield about one gallon of meat, however you can uh, bump up your ingredients, uh, obviously to make bigger batches if you so choose. Uh, so the way that I do this recipe is um, just like uh, in the book, it suggests you use about uh, one gallon of apple juice. Make sure that the juice that you're getting uh, doesn't have any preservatives uh, because if it does, this can uh, prevent the yeast from actually starting fermentation. Uh, you'll need some cinnamon, uh, some nutmeg, uh, some allspice, and uh, you'll also need about three pounds of orange blossom honey. Um, so the first thing that you want to do is uh, take your apple juice and uh, you're going to put it in a crock pot. And um, <clears throat> you'll add about two tablespoons of cinnamon, uh, as well as your allspice and uh, nutmeg, about two tablespoons of each on all of those spices. Uh, you'll want to cook your uh, apple juice on high for about four to six hours. Uh, occur occasionally, you're going to stir in all of your spices, and um, this will help to get them to blend with the juice better. And uh, once it's uh, cooked for uh, the proper amount of time from there you'll pour it into whatever fermentation container that you're using um, from there now <clears throat> this is another variation for me from the recipe uh, rather than what the book suggests uh, I personally like to caramelize the honey uh, so I make the sizer also a boche um, and for the caramelization what I personally do is uh, I'll take the honey and put it on a stove if on uh, about medium heat, um, but uh, for your desired darkness, go with however you personally like to caramelize honey. I know some people uh, like to do it in the crock pot or with a pressure cooker. Whatever you feel is the best method for you will work. Uh, in our last episode, we did talk about caramelizing honey, so hopefully that'll help you if you're uh, new to doing it. Uh, once you've got your honey to the desired darkness that you want it, uh, you'll add that into your must. Uh, make sure you mix it very vigorously to help it dissolve into the juice. And uh, from there, let the must cool overnight. That way it can get down to room temperature and won't affect uh, your yeast or kill it off from being too hot. Um, once you've got <coughs> uh, your must cooled down properly, uh, from there, start a, a yeast starter. Um, with whatever yeast selection you've selected. I personally like to use GoFirm for my yeast starters. Um, the yeast that I personally would suggest using for this recipe would either be uh, K1 or if you can get your hands on it, it 
is a seasonal yeast, so it's not something you're going to be able to find very often, but uh, White Labs has a Scottish cider yeast, which is called uh, WLP773. Uh, I recently used this yeast strand in a uh, chai mead that I did, and it actually worked really well. I'm getting a lot of the chai flavor in the mead, and I feel like it would probably work really well for uh, the cider as well. Um, again, it is a seasonal yeast, so you may not be able to find it, um, but if you do get a chance to experiment with it, I heavily suggest it. I was really happy with the results that I got from it. Uh, once you've hydrated your yeast, or actually while you're uh, rehydrating, uh, I would suggest taking a hydrometer reading uh, while the yeast is uh, still rehydrating, and from there record your original gravity as well as a Get a quick taste of your must and uh, record any notes that you have there. That way you can make any changes to the recipe that you feel you want to do because me sharing this isn't about me trying to make my recipe popular. It's about giving you something to explore and make your own from there. Um, just like me personally making this recipe my own from what I saw in the book, I want people to be able to do the same with what I'm sharing. Um, but once you get your tasting notes down, your original gravity from there, go ahead and pitch your yeast into your must. Um, let the formation go to your desired uh, alcohol percentage. Uh, make sure you follow your standard uh, protocol for pitching your yeast as well as um, staggering your nutrients. And uh, once you've reached your desired uh, ABV, uh, stabilize, re-rack, and... Uh, do your clarification methods, whether you use Bentonite, Super Clear, um, any of those other products, whatever you feel is best for it. And then uh, from there, filter it, bottle, and uh, enjoy. Um, short, sweet, to the point on this episode, and uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy the recipe as much as I have. This has been Viking Fuel. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you, and skull. Right, right.